Well, good morning. Good morning, LWC First Service. Good morning to our online campus. And good morning to me, because I'm here with you. I'm so excited. You know, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like the tide is turning. Uh, and I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just saying this. Uh, uh, this week I was just sensing that God is doing something amazing. And uh, there's been a lot of negativity that's been going on in our world. But I know that the God that we serve is greater than any negative that we face in our life. And when we serve him, you can be expecting good things to be happening in our lives. So I just, just hold on to that little, little thing that I just said, right? That nugget that the tide is turning and uh, God is on the move. He's on the move. And we've been in the book of Ephesians. How many of you have been kind of being blessed by this wonderful book? It, it talks to us about understanding who we are as children of God and, and the great things that God has already accomplished before we ever try to do anything ourselves. Last week, I talked about unity, that only the cross of Jesus Christ can unite a broken world and a divided world. And, and have you seen any divide in our, in our world lately? Yeah, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of things that are going on. And, uh, and we find that, that Jesus... Uh, by what he did on the cross, that he brought two divided people into one people. And uh, that's the mystery that God had planned from, you know, days back that, uh, that he would unveil this ministry, that, that through Jesus Christ, he would make people into one people, a divided people. And that's what the church represents. The church represents people that are, are walking in the unity and the power of God in their lives. And the devil's going to try to creep in. I've, I've, I've said it many times, the word diabolos, where we get the word diablo in Spanish, means one who penetrates and separates. And the devil wants to penetrate and separate you from God, number one, primarily. But he wants to uh, separate you from the people that are important to you. And he wants to come into the church and he wants to separate churches. He wants to do a lot of crazy things that uh, can only be accomplished if we give him the, the ability to, to do so. Because we are children of God, and God dwells in his people. Amen? Amen. He doesn't dwell in buildings. When this building is, is unoccupied, it's just a building. But when the people of God are here, great things happen. I've been listening to this uh, uh, neuro, uh, uh, neuroscientist, Caroline Leaf. Anyone heard Caroline Leaf before? Raise your hands if you have. Caroline Leaf, she said that they measured, they measured uh, the brain activity uh, of, of humans. They had these people, they were assessing the brain activity of, of humans. And they said the, the highest measurements that they got of brain activity are when people are worshiping Jesus Christ. They measured that. That's an actual fact. They said when you're reading your Bible that, that there's more brain activity going on in your, in your mind than has ever been measured. And so that's because it's God himself and God made you to have this relationship with him. So good things are happening right now. Your brains right now are being stimulated, even if you're closing your eyes. <laughs> Doesn't matter. God, God is still going to do something, right? Today we're going to be talking about tapping into your God-inspired greatness, your God-inspired potential. And uh, how do we, so what I want you to leave with, leave with is how do we unleash the greatness of God in every area of your life. How would you like for God to visit every area of your life? 
The, the places where you're lacking, the places where you're slacking, the places that you need help, maybe the places that you're thriving, you need, you need God to, to kind of just be there and be glorified in everything that you do. There, there's a guy by the name of George uh, Carver. Anyone heard of George Carver? George Washington Carver. Born in Missouri, African American, born, in, born into slavery, born a slave. Uh, he, but he said this. Let me, let me, just, let me just give a quote. Uh, George Washington Carver said this. It's not the style of clothes one wears, neither the kind of automobile one drives, nor the amount of money one has in the bank that counts. These mean nothing. It is simply service that measures success. Now, George Washington Carver, uh, he has a, a monument set up on him in, in Tuskegee, Alabama. And they made this monument of, of, of this man, first African-American that's ever had a monument bestowed on him after he died. And, and, and this guy who was born a slave, he was kidnapped as a baby. He became the first agricultural scientist Later on, he became the, the nutritional advisor to Gandhi. But he followed Jesus Christ, and he followed Jesus to the point that he was open to whatever things God had for him. And the greatness, the potential greatness that God had for him, he allowed for that to happen. Now, they wrote a biography about him, and this is what was said about him. He, George uh, Carver began to pray to God. He, he said, I asked the great creator what the universe was made for. And uh, the creator re responded, ask for something more in keeping with that little mind of yours. He replied. How many of you feel that way sometimes? Right? And then he says, what was man made for? And the Lord answered him and said, little man, you still want to know too much. And I've asked that question. Lord, what are men made for and women? Because some, some of them are driving me nuts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not first service, second service. <laughs> Little man, you, you still want to, uh, you want to know too much. Cut down the extent of your re request and improve the intent. And then Carver asked God to teach him all about the peanut. Imagine that. If you were going to narrow it down, how many of you would have asked about a peanut? Maybe where I, where I grew up, I might have asked about a pinto bean. Like, why, Lord, why are we eating beans every day? But he says, uh, but even this was too high a request for the human mind. And God led him to Genesis 129 and reminded him that he'd given mankind peanuts and other plants for their use. So God sent Carver back to the laboratory with a supply of peanuts in hand. And there, Carver broke the peanut into, a various, into its various parts. In other words, he was a scientist. He, he, he looked at the, the water in the peanut. He looked at the fats. He looked at the oils, the oil makeup of the peanut. He looked at gums, resins, sugars, starches, amino acids. And then he, he mixed these ingredients in various ways. And he applied heat or pressure to the mixtures. And in that... He discovered over 300 uses for the peanut that are helpful to mankind. 
How many of you know that peanuts are, are more than just to eat? There's a lot of uses for it. And, and as, we, as we look at that, it tells us that there's a greatness and a potential that God has for every person. Every one of you here has a potential from God to be great for his glory. Erwin McManus, the, the pastor of Mosaic Church, he, he said this. He said, you're designed by God's intention, which is motivated by God's love. So everything that God does in us and through us is because of his love for you as an individual. And you need to know this, whether you're watching online or whether you're sitting here, that God loves you more than what you could ever understand. And that love will change the way that you think. It'll change the way that you live. It'll help you to walk in the grace of God. And so we're going to look at, at uh, Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to look at a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. And in that prayer, it's a second prayer that he prays in this letter. And as he prays this, it really helps us to really understand how we should be praying the, the prayers that really matter. Amen? We talk about the chatter that don't matter. These prayers matter right here. These are important for us to appropriate in our lives. And, and as he gets to verse uh, 14, this is how Paul prays. He says, when I think of all this, okay, well, let's, just, let's just look at the, the content, the context right there. The, the context is that he's, he's talked about how the cross has, has bridged the gap and how, how the enmity, the hostility that people had with God has been bridged. And now we're, we're, we're friends of God. We're in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. We're made right with God. But we're also made right with who? With each other. And because of that, there's a love that flows in the body of Christ. So then Paul says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. So where does God dwell? Where does Jesus dwell? In our hearts. Okay? Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as well as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You see, the love of Christ is so great that, that we are incapable to tap it out. We're incapable to, to extinguish how much love Jesus has for us. It's so high. It's so wide. It's so deep. It's so long. It, it never runs out. And, and that love for you just changes the way that you look. But God wants you to know it. He wants you to be grounded in it. He wants you to be strengthened in it and to be able to live it. And then Paul, right after that, he gives a declaration, and the declaration is what we're going to be honing in on today. This is what Paul says, now to him, him being who? God. Say it with me. Now to him, which is 
God, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want you to think about that. The potential that God has for you is way beyond anything that you could ever comprehend. Hear that, Oracle Campus. Hear, hear that, Online Campus. The potential that God has for you is greater than anything that you could ever comprehend. And I really believe that we limit the God in us. And the only God in us is Jesus Christ, who works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we limit what he wants to do in our lives. And all these things that we're dealing with, and we've talked about it over and over and over, all the, you know, the, 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 the coronavirus, COVID-19 affecting a lot of people, the racial wars that are, that are all around us, you know, that, that has been broken for every child of God. We don't see color because God doesn't see color. Amen? God sees souls. God sees people that he loves. God sees the heart. God wants to dwell in our hearts. And the political, all the p political fiasco that, that we have going on. Have you noticed that it's not the person that sits in the Oval Office that's going to change the lives of this world. It's going to be the one that sits in the, on the throne in heaven. And Jesus is sit sit sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's in control no matter what we're facing. So I want to talk about uh, these, these very important things. Three things that will help us unleash the greatness of God in every area of our lives. Here's the first one. By not stifling your Holy Spirit-inspired ask. Paul is declaring here that we should never put limits on what we ask God to do in our lives. Amen? How many of you have asked God for something big lately? Every day, good. Holy Spirit-inspired prayers are not selfish, but selfless. Not only do they make you better for God, they make you better for this world. When you're led by the Holy Spirit to ask for things, it's not just to make you better, but it will make you better, but it will also make your world better. The, the things that God has done in my life, the, the things that the Holy Spirit produced in my life and is continue, continuing to produce has made me better, but it's made me a better husband. It's made me a better father. It's made me a better friend. It's made me a better pastor. It made me better underground when I worked at the mine. It just makes you better. James uh, wrote, the Apostle James wrote that our evil intentions can destroy us and others. And then he says, but God can empower you to overcome evil, whether they're intentions or evil desires. And then he says in James 4 verse 2, he says, you don't have because you don't ask. In other words, you're struggling with whatever you're struggling with. And, and, and he says, you have not because you ask not. And when we begin to ask the Lord for the things that are important, 
the things that are important to him, the things that are important to, to the people around us, the things that are going to produce peace in our lives and love in our lives and patience and all the things that we can't produce in our own ability. Then God begins to move. God wants to answer those prayers. Amen? God wants you to be your best you. He wants for you to walk in the fullness of God. He just said that in that prayer, that they'll walk in the love of Christ and be rooted down in the things that are important, the things that we can't produce in our own ability. See, I understand completely that outside of Jesus, that I, I am unfaithful. Outside of Jesus, I am not, uh, I'm not truthful. Outside of Jesus, I don't walk in, 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 in confidence. Outside of Jesus, I have all of these insecurities. But here's what I know for sure, is that because of Jesus, I'm faithful. That I'm honest. That I'm secure. That I'm confident that everywhere I go, that God goes with me. I never go alone. God is with me in every situation. He's with me in every circumstance. And here's the thing, beloved. He wants to be with you too. He wants to be a part of everything that you're going through. He wants you to type, uh, tap into the infinite. The finite tapping into the infinite. The, 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 the finite means that you're limited. The infinite means that you're tapping into the unlimited. Amen? You're, you're tapping into the one that, that he never runs out of resources. He never runs out of love. He never runs out of the things that we need. Most of the time, our ask is so much smaller than our God-inspired potential. George Carver is an inspiration to all of us to know that God is so much bigger than we could ever imagine. And, and one of the greatest deterrents that keep us from asking the big things that God wants us to walk in is a religious box. You see, whatever, whatever religious box that you have God in, whatever religious box that you have Jesus in, whatever religious box that you have the Holy Spirit in, you're not allowing him to, to work in you so that you can live out your potential. So you need to get, let God out of that religious box, which, which it's only you that has him there. He's not there. And allow for him to begin to move in your life. Like only he can move. You see, you have the potential as a spouse. That's incredible. You have the, you have the potential as, a, as an employee, as an employer. That is way beyond your abilities. But we need to ask those big things. Let's, let's revisit Ephesians 3.20, verse, uh, the first part. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we Ask. All that we ask. To become like Christ. A asking is a way that we, that we say our prayers. You know, when we pray, we're asking God. We go before God. We petition God. And when you pray and when you ask, it's saying that I need more because I'm lacking. Amen? Amen? When you come and you ask the Lord for something, it's because you're lacking. How many of you been, have done yard work and you've got some pretty good neighbors and you're doing yard work and there's a tool that you're missing, right? You've got good neighbors. What do you do? You go and, you go and ask them. Hey, can I use your rake? Right? Because you don't want to, you, you just maybe 
uh, trimmed all your bushes. What I did yesterday, I did a lot of trimming. Looks good. <laughs> Neighbors were happy. It's about time. No, I'm pretty good about I'm pretty good about doing that. But the reality is that you have neighbors, and you can go ask them, and if they, if they love you, they will loan you their rake. Amen? But God has more than a rake for our lives. Jesus put it like this in, in Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13. He said, you fathers, if, you're, if your children ask for a fish, you don't give them a snake instead. Here's the crazy thing is that, you know, Living Word Chapel, we're, we're positioned in a place where there are a lot of snakes. So I was walking the other day, and, and I, I'm walking, I walk the campus. When I get a phone call, that's going to be a long, long phone call. And so I, I'm, I'm walking, and, I, and I'm, as I, I come up right by the shed, the metal sheds out there, there's this big snake that's, that's there. And I mean, I was like, ah! I'm on the phone. They say, what's going on? I'm going to send you a picture. So I took a picture of the snake. First, first thing we do in, the, in Arizona, what do we look for? We look for the tail. Exactly. We look for the, it wasn't a rattler. So I said, oh. we went, oh. right? So we know they're our friend. And so, we, so I took a picture of it, and I brought it. My wife was, was in her office, and I said, look at, look at what I just saw right now. And she said, oh, my goodness, that's a boa constrictor. I said, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> but that's not it. That's not it. So then 4 o'clock, closing time, you know, we were getting ready to lock the office up, and we we're, we were leaving. My wife had already left. She just walked down the path, and I shouldn't even be saying this to you guys. You guys are going to be going, I'm not going to go out there. So she's walking, and then one, uh, one of our elders comes by to visit, and he goes out there, and he goes, and there's, a, there's another snake that's in those rocks. Now, we haven't seen that many snakes, you know. We've only seen like about, about 100 of them this year. <laughs> Just kidding. So he walks out there, and this one made noise, like, <laughs> big old rattler. So we relocated it, by the way. We it's somewhere out there. Somewhere over the rainbow out there. <laughs> so this is what he says. Children ask for a fish. You don't give them a snake instead. Have you ever felt like giving your children snakes? Not you guys. Second service, they feel that way. He said, or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, this is, this is important. How much more your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who what? To those who ask. How, much, how many of us are asking for more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? How many of us need more of God in our lives? The power that, 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 that the Lord produces in our lives. We need to realize that the Holy Spirit is limitless. In other words, you can have more and more and more of him if you ask. It's not just a one-time one deal where you receive the Lord, but continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can move in the power of God. The, the Apostle Paul, when he writes to the church in Corinth, he says, I want you to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I want you to be, to, to be wanting more of what I can give you. 
of what God can produce in your life. How many of you wake up in the morning thinking, Lord, I want more of you today? We need more of God. Amen? The more of God we have, the more wise we are for every decision we have to make. The more peace we have that is produced in our lives for those difficult circumstances. Here's the second thing. Unleashing the greatness of God in every area of your life by not limiting your God-inspired creativity. You were created with a God-inspired imagination. How do I know that? I was a kid at one time. And I had kids. I have kids who are now adults. And you don't have to ask children to be creative. Just give them a box. And that box will become anything that they would ever imagine. In fact, if you give two years old or younger, whatever toy you give them, they're going to want the box instead. Amen? That box becomes everything that they want to create. If you put them outside after it rains, see what happens to a popsicle stick. It becomes the greatest bolt they've ever had. Right? Before I ever played basketball in high school, junior high, there was a thing called a metal hanger. And that metal hanger, you could... My mom didn't get happy about it, but you could stretch it out, make a circle, you'd bend the end, and you put it over your door, and you'd shut it. And it's amazing what a sock will do, or three or four socks. And you'd fold those socks, and you'd have the basketball. It's amazing the creativity that we have. Maybe that's why Jesus said, come to me as little children, Right? There was, a, there was a guy by the name of George Land. He worked for NASA in the 1960s. And he developed a test. You can, you can, you can check me on this. This is, this is exactly what happened. He developed a test assessment to identify a genius mentality. Because NASA wants to have the greatest minds that are going to work their programs. And they gave this test to about 120 five-year-old children. And 98% of those children that were tested, they tested as genius. Now, they monitored them. They, 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 they kept following them into their adulthood. When they reached the age of 10, only 30% tested as a genius. When they reached the age of 15, only 12% tested as genius. When they turned 30, only 2% of those that were tested when they were five tested as a genius. 98% of us that are sitting here today were born geniuses. Did you know that? And what, what the, yeah, tell your, tell your, tell your, Tell your husband that. But what happens, amen, what happens, that's beautiful, is that the world gets a hold of us and people around us get a hold of us and maybe even our parents get a hold of us. It doesn't matter who it is and they tell you you're not, you're not worthy, that you're not going to amount to anything. And you hear this and all this gets in your head and the creativity that God gave for you to make a difference 
or this world is stolen from you. Here's what I want you to know. Remember I said the tide is turning? God is wanting to pour his creativity into your lives. God wants you to reach a greater potential. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we think. Think about your greatest dreams. Let me assure you that those dreams, if they are God-inspired, they're achievable by God. If God could use George Washington Carver to find over 300 incredible uses for a peanut, how much potential does he have for your life? Even if your mama told you that your brain is the size of a peanut... It's worth about 300 ideas. Incredible ideas. Amen? What we need to grab a hold of is that, that, that God has he's, he's called us to dream. He's called us to vision. You know, last year uh, we put out a, a, a vision for Living Word Chapel that we believe that the, year, the, the Lord is directing us in these next five years to reach a thousand people that didn't know God. It's a lot bigger than us, but it's not bigger than God. It's a dream that is God-inspired. Amen? It's a vision that God lets us see because he cares about every person. Every number has a name. Every number that God reaches through this body right here, through this local church, has a name. And that name is important to God. And he knew that name before the foundation of the world. And before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians, he chose them to be holy and blameless in Christ. And so we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of of the Lord allowing us to to dream big dreams. Here's what the Apostle Peter, his first sermon, he went back to Joel's prophecy. And in in verse 17 of chapter 2 in the book of Acts, he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon some people. All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. And women, you're in there too. God-inspired dreams. God-inspired prophetic words. That means you're just speaking the oracles of God into someone's life. And it's God using you as a vessel. It's having God vision. It's believing that, that this is not the end. When I told you that the tide is turning, I believe that with all my heart. As long as I serve God, as long as I have Jesus in my life, as long as the Holy Spirit is working in me and through me, things are good. No matter how bad they are around me, I know they're good because God is with me. No matter what we face, God is bigger than anything that we're going to face. See, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is desiring to revive our dreams, our visions, and the prophetic. And one of the greatest deterrents to your dreams and your creativity is putting God in a philosophical box. Philosophy is a study of, of, of knowledge 
the nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. But God is not in your box. God is transcendent over any knowledge that you can even think that you have about him. He's so much bigger than that. He's so much greater than that. Here's what the Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah. He said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. There, there is nothing, there is nothing that you could think that, that with an incredible potential in you that God cannot do because his ways are so much bigger than yours. When, when, when Mary was told that she would carry a child and she was a virgin, she said, this can't happen. And, he, and God, the, the, the Lord spoke through an, through an angel, through Gabriel, and he says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. That's why I have enough faith to believe that God can bridge gaps where we can love each other despite the color of our skin. I, I believe that, that God can, can do things where, where we can have people of different political parties and we're not going to care about that because all of us are being shaped by Jesus to be the best us that God has called us to be. Amen? And how, how many of you know this, that every political party needs, hear me now, hear me. Every political party needs a little bit of Jesus in there. In fact, every political party needs a lot of Jesus. So I want Jesus to be in every political party so he can change the way that they think and the way that they act. We need to shift. We need, we need to pivot. We need to pivot and quit fighting and say, Lord, take us here. We're praying for these people because you can do it. There's a guy by the name of uh, the Apostle Paul that was uh, a murderer, the enemy of the church. And I think there's a lot of people in the modern day church, they wouldn't have been praying for the Apostle Paul. They were saying, this guy's a killer. And yet God turned his life around and he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Amen? There, there are some people in your neighborhood, there are some people in your, in, in where you live, there are some people that you think they're, they're radically indifferent to the things of God. Those are the people that God wants to use for his glory. Because I was one of them. I know what God can do. You know what God can do. Some of you have been struggling with maybe some drug addiction. Maybe some of you have been struggling with anxieties. You've been struggling with, with, with things that you can't break. You can't break it, but God can. And as you submit yourself to his plan, if you, if you begin to ask bigger asks, and I'm saying ask it, you say, Lord, I, I need you right now. I can't do it without you. He's going to show up. If you begin to dream bigger dreams, don't put yourself in a place, I could never do that. With God, the, 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 the potential is unlimited. He'll take you places that you never thought you'd be. He put you in front of people that you never thought you'd be in front of. So many things have happened in my life. And believe me, I'm the worst person to, to, to be able to speak. But God said, I'm going to send you places and I'm going to be with you wherever you go. In front of professors that were atheists and agnostics who gave their life to Jesus by the glory of God. That's what God wants to do in each one of our lives. He wants to do what you can't do. 
Here's the third thing. Unleashing the greatness of God in every area of your life by tapping into God's unlimited power for your life. Jesus redefined the view of power as humans know it. Did you know that? Look at history. Every great empire, every great leader lived their life to overpower others. Alexander the Great overpowered as he, as he went out and, and, and conquered other, other empires. The Roman Empire came and they overpowered others. Jesus come, comes along and he doesn't overpower, but he empowers. He does a work in people where you want to help the common good of humanity. Not for your glory, but for his glory. Jesus said, not my will be done, but your will be done, Father. We make people better because Jesus makes us better. We serve them. We love them. We turn the other cheek. We, we carry their bags, not one mile, but two miles. That's the things that Jesus said. You're going to freak the Romans out as he's talking to them. You're going to freak them out because you're going to turn the other cheek when they slap you. And they can because they're Romans. You're going to turn the other cheek and say, hit me, hit me on the other side. When they tell you to carry a bag one mile, they could do that. The Roman, the Roman uh, military, they could make anyone carry their bags one mile to dehumanize them. And Jesus said, when they tell you to carry it one mile, I'm going to empower you to carry it too. Hear me now. Radical. Now put that into your perspective right here. The things that are going on in your life. Jesus came to empower you so that you can make your world better. When we, when we shut the doors in the first Sunday of November, when we shut the doors and we open up our hearts to our communities and we go and we work in our communities, we're doing it to empower our communities to be a better place. We do it because we want the church to be a church of action, not just words. Amen? Amen. If church was about you coming and, and, and it's a bless me club and you hear something, you'll say, man, that was good. That was really good. But you don't do nothing with it. How is God ever revealed to this world? How are we salt if we don't make our world a better seasoned world? How are we light if we don't expose the glory of God into our world? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly because of the power that works within us. Every God-sized dreamed, every God-led ask is going to come with God-sized challenges. Whatever you're facing right now that's bigger than you, I want you to know something and I want you to declare it. It's not bigger than God. Whatever you're facing right now that is bigger than you, it's not bigger than Jesus Christ. 
For every big ask, we need a big God. Make sure you put that K there. For every big ask, we need a big God. A God-inspired dream can only be accomplished by a creative God. Paul says that God's power works within us. How many of you believe that? God's power works within us. Jesus, as he's sending his disciples out in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That, that word right there, power, dunamis, when, when, uh, when they discovered this thing called dynamite, they used that word, dunamis, as the root. And I was privileged and blessed to work, under, work underground for 13 years before I became a, a preacher. And I, could, I, had, I saw what dynamite could do. It could, it could move mountains. It could make tunnels. And can I tell you, the power of the living God can move the mountains that are before us. And they can make a way where there's no way. So whatever you're facing, beloved, you've got the power of the Almighty God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. I just sense that there's someone that's in this service that you're facing an impossible situation right now. It's so much bigger than you. And I just believe that God has spoken into your heart this morning and into your spirit and given you hope and encouragement. Jesus is extending his hand to you. He's, 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 he's pouring his, his creativity into you. He, he's assuring you that the things that you've been asking for, that he's heard every single thing. And he is not limited in power. And, and today I, I just believe that that there's going to be some amazing things that are going to happen because today you're going to put your trust in Jesus Christ. Not in a church, not in a, uh, not in a philosophy, not in a religion, but you're going to put your trust in a person, and that's Jesus. And what Jesus is going to do is only what God can do in your life. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. and It's a prayer of hope and restoration. It's a prayer of acknowledging the potential of God in your life. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for, um, for this time that we've been able to come together. Lord, I thank you for you speaking into my, into my life and into my circumstances. Father, that, uh, that situation that I'm facing, that, that addiction, that struggle, that, that illness, Lord God, that is overtaking me, right now I release it to you. 
Right now, I put my trust in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask for you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with hope. Fill me with confidence. Fill me with peace. And I will walk in the glory of your name. And I will testify of how good you are for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, I just want to I just want to close our service with this because I really believe as I was praying that prayer and maybe someone online you're watching, <clears throat> and that word was for you that that you've been you've been struggling trying to break some things that you haven't been able to break, or maybe struggling because you have a, a condition going on that is way beyond you. But today God has spoken hope and confidence and peace. And let me tell you something. Because it's God, it's real. Amen? It's real. And as you leave here, you're going you're gonna to sense that taking place in your life. It's going to be different. That's because God is going to show you how real he is. And I just believe that with all my heart. Amen? Let's stand up and worship our King.